Welcome to the Vulnerability Diaries. It's your boys, Ayoway. And your girl, La Grasse. And today we're having a discussion on mental health and ethnic minorities. Sit back and enjoy. Let's go. And I agree with you. Yeah. To interrupt you there, when you said that uh, the root cause reaches the lens. Yeah. So when you're interacting in life it's yeah. me and you yeah. so i exist separate to you you exist separate to me Absolutely. but when we interact there's something objective there because both of us register the interaction but both of us can perceive the interaction differently Absolutely. Yeah. So if I am insecure, I can project my insecurities into my perception of the interaction. Absolutely. Yeah. You you have to be conscious of that. Mm-hmm. When how did your the year of yearning adapt your relationship to that truth? About insecurity. So like perceptions, how much perceptions change how you see with life, your perceptions and perceptions you didn't even know you had. I think when I went through my year of learning, there was a lot of um, this feeling of inadequacy, mm. you know, and I perceived myself as being inadequate, mm. you know. Which is important. You perceive yeah, yourself. Yeah, I perceive yeah. myself. And, that, and, that, and that's the thing about insecurity is because insecurity, it's like somebody may be insecure, but it's not, you wouldn't see it, yeah. you know, because it's very good. You can fake it. Yeah. And certain insecurity only come out in certain situations, mm. you know. It's only when you're placed in this situation that's when we're all insecure as human beings. There's no one that's in that's completely secure, especially mm. placed in different environment that you have no experience in. Mm. However, what makes like in, you know a what what helps in dealing with that is being able to have the initial courage. Mm. I think courage is so important and also the confidence of like, you know, I may not have this, I may not get this, I may not understand this, but I will get it. Mm. I've got this because I've got the main ingredients that it takes for me to figure it out. Uh, explain to me what the year of learning actually is. So for me, the year of learning, it first of all started by being named the year of stupid. It was the year where really I sat down, me walking through life thinking I know it all. You know, I've got the answer. I know what I'm doing. And then I hit the wall and then I realized, wow, I actually don't even know what I'm doing. Mm. As much as I thought I knew what I was doing. Mm. So then it was that year where I felt really stupid, went through a period of time I felt really stupid. And... You know, I wanted to really get something out of it. So I had to change the narrative. I'm really big on changing narration. I think sometimes you can't unlearn on unexperienced, if that's a word, what you've experienced. But what you can do is change the narrative. You change this how the story is told. Mm. And you become the master, of the storyteller of your own life, of your own experience. And that's how you regain the power. you said the narrative so by opening i mean your environment and just yeah. the experiences you experienced growing yeah yeah how much did your environment play in uh starting the narrative in which you had to change yeah we're like spo- exactly we're like sponges like wherever mm. we go we pick up something mm. you know good and bad mm. you know and the thing is like and that really conditions us mm. and most of all, you know, it conditions how we see life. It conditions, like, our value systems. It mm. conditions a lot of us. It basically forms us. Mm. And it's like, you know, it's like a collage. It's mm. literally like when you have a picture and you're putting so many different things onto it. And mm. at the end of it, it's supposed to make a pic- a bigger picture. Mm. And the thing about human into human life, human 
like I'm evolving, like evolving as a human being. And one thing that I've learned is that as you get through life every once in a while, we need to stop and we need to question the picture that we have, that life that we've either painted as we've gone through and transitioned through the different stages of life and see, do we still fit the description on that picture? Jim, mm. like, like, do I still fit the description, you know, that, you know, of the picture that I had when I was in my teenage years? Mm. You know, is that still me? Is that mm. still, you know, a, a depiction of who I am now? And if it's not, then I need to strip that away, mm. you know, but it's an intentional work that needs to go into it. Mm. I think that's like, when I look at even the word human being, the word human being, the word being is continuous. Mm. It's evolving. Very true. Very true. Do you know what I mean? Like, and when you look at just what we refer to human being, B-E-I-N-G, it's a word that's in the continuous term. It means that as human beings, we are supposed to evolve. We're supposed to move. We're supposed to pro continually progress and become a higher expression of ourselves every single time. You know, whether that happens naturally, whether that's intentionally, that's what we're supposed to happen. That's a, that's a normal human being. Mm. I think one of the biggest changes I could see with you from the year of learning, um, pre and post the year of learning, is that you have detached your identity from your actions. Mm -hmm. You stopped viewing your actions as who you are and just your actions as stuff that you do. Yeah. And once you stopped doing that, you started becoming, having more control in changing your actions. So I don't like that I'm doing that. I'm going to do this now. Whereas a lot of people, they attach their actions to their identity. Yeah. And when you attach your actions to your identity, you can't be critical of your actions because then you're critical of yourself. And then that's how you create the year of stupid, which is not healthy in the long term, if that makes sense. Yeah. The year of learning is exactly what you said it is. It's not being critical of myself. I take the good I take and I learn from the bad. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And what you said about being able to detach my action from me was so important because I was able to look at my action objectively. Mm. And the thing is like, and because I was able to look at it objectively, I had more power to change it. Mm. You know, because sometimes somebody can look at like, oh, you know, somebody who has an anger problem, they're like, I'm always an angry person. Yeah, I'm just I'm an angry I'm person. I'm just angry just who person. I am. Yeah. Once you attach, you know, you like, you, you basically in doing so, in making such a statement, you're saying that I'm incapable of changing, of changing it yeah. because it's just embedded, embedded yeah. inside of me, you know? Whereas like, it's like, no, you're, you know, people that may say like, oh, you know, I'm just an angry person. That's just who I am. It's like you're justifying a behavior and anything that you make excuses for, you will never look at it in a such way that, okay, I need to um, change it and yeah. eliminate it because it's like you're accepting it. Mm. You're accepting this is just who I am. There's mm. nothing we're going to do about it. So it's, and you're tolerating it, mm. you know? And the thing is like, whatever you tolerate continues. Mm. Whatever you tolerate, we keep on going. Yeah. Do you know when what I mean? When you come to see your behaviors and other people's exactly. behaviors. Exactly. Yeah. So it comes a place where you have to look at your action objectively. And what that's, that was the case for me. I had to look at my, and be like, because what I called it first was the year of stupid. Because all I could see is how stupid I was. Did you start doubting your decision making? Absolutely. Absolutely. I doubt my decision making because I felt like, how can I be? And I, be, no, I didn't fear, but I believe like, how can I be so intelligent? But then to be so on streetwise, mm. how can I be so in intelligent 
and have great you know communication skill i can be in a boardroom i can hold meetings i can give mm. presentation but when it comes to just decision making and discernment i lacked discernment when it came to wisdom i lacked wisdom when it came to interaction i lacked into you know the, the i lacked the what what um the correct skills in mm. order to successfully have successful human interaction mm. so then i start questioning everything mm. you know because i attached the action with me so mm. because i attached the action with me i was like i am stupid hence why i've had to learn the year of stupid so then i start questioning everything okay. about me yeah. even the things that was perfectly fine and that's and yeah. that's exactly how it goes yeah. you spiral control exactly because now even the stuff that in the past that like, it was so solid yeah they're now questionable the foundation is exactly. faulty now exactly and that's why it's healthy it was healthy for me to de de detached and experience from me as a person mm. because what i didn't want is there was other areas that was that I, i've taken so many years to build and mm. i didn't want because of attaching that to me and mm. then destroying other things and then you know questioning other things that was perfectly fine What is your perception of the differences that may exist between first and second generational immigrants? So first of all, with that environment as being second generation, second generational, we have the our parents who are very engraved in the culture. Mm -hmm. So, because they're first generation, they spend, you know, their primary school, secondary school, like all the years that really f it takes to form a human being, like a grown human being with mm -hmm. all the, you know, the uh, value system and everything that they have, you know, that's very difficult to change once they get to a certain age. They've already developed that. So they're already completely, like, they're already like there in terms of like who they're supposed to be. Their identity mm -hmm. is like embedded, you know, cement. Mm -hmm. whereas like we have us where we have like we so we're being raised up so in the thing is in our home it's already a community our home is a community mm -hmm. so it's like when i'm going home because we're congolese when i'm in i'm, a, I'm, a, I'm in the house i'm practically in congo because yeah. i'm eating congolese food i'm hearing our languages i'm hearing our music it's our culture my house is our culture but when i go to school like i'm in a different country you know, it's a different culture. So it's really having the, first of all, you have the the pressure of parents trying to instill those value and those culture into us so that we don't lose it just because we're in a foreign country, mm -hmm. but also adapting and integrating in the country that you're currently living because the rest of our life is going to be here. Mm -hmm. So the thing is like you have the, the, the like two different worlds. And sometimes what happens is there's, there's a clash. Mm -hmm. There's a clash in value system. You know, there's a clash in how things should be seen. There's a clash in the lens of how those things should be seen. Mm. You sound like you've been reading. Hey. <laughs> you sound <laughs> so, like you've been reading. So basically, so basically, like, you know, it's it's something and the conflict between the two mm -hmm. can be stressful. Mm. You know? And how especially how things should be resolved. Mm. Like, let, let's look at the issue of mental health. Like, when you come from, you know, first generation African parents, they were never taught what mental health was. For them, mm. mental health, somebody mental health, you know, is somebody who's basically, you know, um, is... Weak is weak is somebody who is in a mental health hospital where it's gotten to be very very extreme where they need like you know they need to be like you restrained. know restrained that type of thing for Sedated. them that's what they so what that's what they see mental health as uh, history is one continuous process mm. it's not isolated event mm. 
Mm. It builds upon one another. So, for example, I would argue that second generation, like us, our threshold for trauma is higher than most normal people because our environments are more stressful than most normal people. Elements that will show up in the household and will show up in the community. Mm. Yeah. So, for example, when it comes to the anxiety, yeah, speaking for myself, my anxiety had to get to a very, my anxiety had to get really bad before I started to realize that, oh, wow, I have an anxiety issue. Yeah. If you know what I mean. But my anxiety getting that bad, I'm not naive. That didn't happen overnight. That was building up for years. Absolutely. But my environment kept me consistently stressed that mm -hmm. I can't register this. My I'm constantly anxious, but that's my normal. Mm -hmm. It's when I leave the environment, and I'm in an environment that's not anxious, that's not stressful, I'm realizing what not being anxious feels like. Yeah. What we consider as normal, you know, I definitely believe that that plays because what one example that you used of you know what you just mentioned there about your anxiety it's only when it gets super high that's when you actually even realize that it's there because first of all we weren't really raised in terms of like a lot of um the, like you know the ethnic minority community weren't are not really raised to identify what um anxiety feels like mm. what that looks like like mm. i said unless it's mental health you know um issues is that it's extreme that's only when they're able to notice it so a lot of them weren't even educated to see the different facet that mental health may look like mm. the know? nuances yeah the different nuances and because of that they, they don't know what they're looking for mm. if that makes sense so i can't completely come down on them like a ton of break and be like oh this and that because they don't know what they were what that looks like we know what that looks like because we've been exposed to different people mm. we've been exposed to different, different cultures, cultures different children that yeah. we know what the upbringing is so we know what being stressed looks like yeah. because John comes into school on Thursday and then he's always acting out but yeah. his mom's an alcoholic so yeah. oh he's stressed yeah exactly so, yeah. in school they teach you about it you watch mm. films about it you hear stories about it we read up on it we're basically like we don't have the ignorance mm. we're not ignorant towards mental health we're more educated mm. and with that comes a certain type of enlightenment and a certain type of discernment to be under to be able to understand what the thing that you are basically uh, enlightened upon that you have knowledge upon looks like mm. you know because we fed into our discernment so we're able whereas they didn't have that mm. you know so in that aspect like they don't know what it, that looks like mm. they don't they don't know what mental health looks like so mm. because they don't know it like i can't really be too strict on them however i i'll give an example like when i was back in the congo when like mom and dad you know they were away and i was just left for myself for two or three years and i remember like we had when we had like the civil war and the mobutu government left and then and kabila the father came and i was still there and i remember one of these days you know soldiers came into our house because mm. like you know our family had political affiliation and mm. then soldiers came in the house and the soldiers came in the house because they wanted to loot mm. you know now this is a, and then they were they had uniform Mm. These were people that had like uniform who were supposed to be in this position of power. Mm. They had the uniform on and they came with massive guns. And I remember like us lying down on the floor and basically I remember one of them like just to intimidate us pointing, you know, a gun 
as they were looting the house to see if there's any valuable that they could take. Mm. Now imagine as a child, like that type of like being like that type of experience. Mm. And I think I was like, I was definitely less than nine. Mm. So I was between like five and nine and going through that type of parents where you, your parents are not there, your, your directs, your siblings are not there. And the thing is like, so obviously like now if I, if I coming to the West a few years afterwards, I'm here and I'm going through like, I have assignments, I have like, you know, different things that's going on. I have work, I have this and I have that. And the stress level is going up. I won't be able to identify anxiety in the start because yeah. I've gone through something more more traumatic yeah. than an exam stress because of an exam. So yeah. it's only it's only if it gets super high uh, that yeah. even I will be able to notice it because like what I've gone through and what I've experienced is a lot more traumatic. Like mm. younger, it's a lot more traumatic than this. Basically, it's like your pain threshold. Yeah. It's like when you go through something that's really like tough, mm. it makes your pain threshold, like your ability to, um, how, how can I say, your ability to handle pain a lot higher. Mm. Well, you see when you but say, yeah. continue, you're going to say something? A lot higher, but it's not normal. Mm. Okay. So you, you see know? when you say your ability to handle it a lot yeah. higher and it's not normal. So I just want to clarify something because we're using words like normal. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, your mind, yeah, is like a muscle. Yeah. So it can carry load, but it needs to be relieved of the load eventually. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't relieve it of the load eventually and just consistently carry load, you have a mental health breakdown or you enter into psychosis. To some degrees, there's other factors to why you entered into that. Yeah. yeah? So stress management is a thing. Learning, uh, people say work-life balance, all that stuff. You need to man manage how much load you carry. Yeah. Yeah. Now, in your experiences, you're taught that you just carry the load. Yeah. You just continue carrying it. No matter how much they put onto it, you continue carrying it. Yeah. And then, it's like the straw that broke the camel's back. So that's what you, that's what you mean then. Yeah. When you say like higher than normal, that uh, this one feather that's unrelated now, it's opened a kind of warms of years of stress you've been carrying. Yeah. And then now you have to deal with years of stress over something that was unrelated that you did not foresee leading to this bodily or mentally reaction. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going back to that thing where I said like different pictures are being, you know, we are a sponge. We observe different things as we go through life mm. and different pictures are being painted in, you know, what a story looks like and what a story is which mm. is our journey through life. And the thing is, this is like, that's why every once in a while we need to stop and reevaluate the picture that's been painted. And reevaluating can mean therapy. It can mean like journaling. It can be addressing it. It can be, it can come in different forms and shapes, you know? Mm. And, and the other thing as well that I wanted to just, you know, mention is that I think in the, in the African community, in the, I don't know about, in the black community, you thought that, people are applauded based on how much weight they carry. Yeah. You know, you are basically like, it's like, oh, well done. Oh yeah, you, you're you uh, you you're carrying this much weight. Oh, well done. Like, mm. well done. The fact that you can handle it without breaking. Mm. Whereas that's toxic. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's toxic. Like, you're not supposed to go through life like this iron man that can carry all this weight and all this problem in the world. Like, if it gets heavy, you're supposed to put it down. Mm. You know, that's a, a normal human being. You're not, it's like this thing of people 
can be emotional, can be vulnerable, have to, you know, you can be going through struggle love. Struggle love, exactly. All these things where it's applauded and it's like, you know, for handling how much rubbish you can take, mm. you know? And until it gets to a point where, the, you know, somebody breaks down and it's like, oh, poor you. Yeah. How did that happen? Well, yeah. how did that happen? How, how happened is because, you know, for years the person's been carrying things. And I think like, you know this this issue of like caring that's why when it comes to mental health as well oftentimes for a lot of minority groups it has to get to the extreme level because before it can even come out mm. because we have a higher threshold when it comes to handling issues that triggers and causes mental health mm. you know we because like we have this thing in the congolese community where it says like you know um which means literally like you know and uh, be patient mm. Like there's not literally it means like close your heart, but in literal translation, but it just has it's a way of saying be patient. Mm. Like just just keep on keep on handling it type of thing. Mm. Like keep on handling, like you know. It'll just, get better eventually. Yeah, it get better eventually. When some things it doesn't get better. Some things you have to physically remove yourself from that situation, mm. and you're not less of a person because you've done that. Mm, other than the person, you're not yeah. a weaker person. Other than the person who basically was like, Do you know what, I'm gonna stick through this. It's toxic. Mm. It's unhealthy. For you know, in so many ways, but I'm gonna stick through this. You and you, the person that's walking out, you're not less of a person. That makes sense. No, see that that aspect. Yeah, I understand that aspect, and in real life, it boils down to that, which is very mm. true. Yeah. The support network you have and the support network you don't have, you're still in charge of your life. Yeah. Yeah, which it can sound very harsh. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess something you say and I've heard said so many times that it's it's on us to break the cycle. Generational curses. Yeah. Yeah. So whether or not you want to interpret that religiously or non-religiously, it's on us to break the cycle. Yeah. Because we're more fortunate than them because we had influences they didn't have. Yeah. Yeah. And because of that, we can drastically change the next generation if we stop passing on trauma. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, and I think we should aspire to break, you know, generational cycles. I think that's how we evolve as a people, as we grow, as a culture evolve as individual. Mm. You know, I think that's why healing is so important. I feel like, you know, our generation, mind you, I feel like, the, just the pressure that came from the integration and stuff is enough for somebody just to, to just have, you know, to, to to develop some sort of trauma. Yeah, you know? whether that's insecurities, yeah. low self-esteem, low yeah. confidence, anxiety, depression. Yeah, because like when I gave you the example of secondary school, I was lying. I was lying through the whole of how how I hated amazing my, my weekend school. was. I hated my second school. I felt yeah. so lonely, yeah. so isolated. I felt like I didn't fit in. I had the feeling, the same feeling as well. Like, because I wasn't involved. So I didn't, we didn't, our bond wasn't as strong as the people that they were, con yeah. like my friends were constantly. And that was clear yeah, as well. It was, yeah, it was clear. Like the certain conversation you couldn't interact because mm. they were, they went clubbing over the weekend. I wasn't. Even you know? TV, even yeah. the TV we watched was police. Yeah. So because the TV we watched was police, exactly what you said is, we, we can't, con I can't connect with you like they can connect with you. Mm. Because I, I have to go back to the Congo. And if I think, no. but I think it's like one thing that I have to 
fact I, I do factor in it as I get older is that there was this sense of fear that the first generation had of losing mm, yeah. the child completely because it's like an unfamiliar situation, unfamiliar culture that if we let go, you know, completely, the child will lose their way, mm. you know. And in some cases you did see people that like because you just you don't know how to navigate in this new Yeah, environment. too much stimulus, yeah. you get overwhelmed and you make yeah. bad decisions. Exactly. So whereas like there's some some first generation who adopt that mentality for everyone, mm. you know, where that's subjective to the child. And the thing is this is like, you know, with that being said, it's one of them ones that, you know, going back to what we're saying of being able to pass on breaking this the, the, the cycle but first of all healing mm. you know when i use my example you mentioned like in secondary school alone in secondary school i was lonely as well i remember in secondary school i remember like days when my one or two friends that i clicked really well with didn't show up like i literally spent the whole lunch break in the toilet oh really yeah i spent the whole lunch break in the toilet like i had to like and that's the thing because like I didn't have any, who else was I going to speak to? Mm. Do you know I'm mean? like? I was by myself and I didn't want to look like I was alone oh, as well because yeah. then I'd be classified as a loner. Mm. And that child, that girl who eats lunch by themselves. So I literally spent the whole lunch in the toilet. Mm. I, I eat my lunch and then I spend the rest of it in the toilet just waiting for lunch to be over mm. so that I can go back. It's like, oh, where, where are you? I went to the shop. I mm. went to such and such's house that was beside the school. No, I didn't. I was in the toilet. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It was so lonely because like I felt like I didn't I didn't feel like I was part of the other ones. Mm. I, like, you know, it was just the, the few that accepted me. And the thing is, this is like, with that as well, that feeling of like, you know, they have this to say and they have that. That also feeds into somebody's self-esteem, mm. you know, of like, Oh, they're having fun and I'm here at home, you know. That also feeds in somebody's self-esteem. That that and also the it, and what it does indirectly is that it creates a sense of validation because you want to be liked. Mm. You have this cool desire, strong desire to be liked. And the thing is, like, I was really fortunate enough that I don't know what, like, I was just really blessed that it, as much as like I had that feeling of validation, I never really explored that too much I, I there was like i wasn't the type that i would do anything just to get that mm. and that that that's what saved me mm. but the feeling was there yeah however the dangers with that is that because i didn't i wasn't able to pick up on that because i developed that yeah. and that grew and became a seed then as I older, as I got older i continued with that yeah but you didn't know you were doing it but i didn't know i was doing it mm. but it started somewhere yeah. It was triggered in, by something. And mm. then I started it. Mm. And then I, and when I started it, because I didn't know that now became part of me and it became something that I was feeding into because of the desire to be validated, I grew up with that. Mm. And as I grew up with that, as an adult, that I was dealing with that. So when I was dealing with that, that, that self-validation affected my decision-making, my discernment and my ability to make good decisions. Because mm, you're making it through the wrong lens. Exactly, through the wrong lens. I'm making it through the wrong lens and I'm making it rather than self-validation, I'm making the validation of other people, which is subjective to how they are and how they react to that. Mm, so people can manipulate you more than if they realize that. Because I don't think people, I think I allowed, I was, I put myself in a situation where, because I'm, you know, take accountability and in taking accountability i put myself in a situation where i could have okay i like yeah. that i like that though i like that because when people talk about this narrative i think similar to you yeah in the sense where growing up 
certain events that I experienced as a child yeah. triggered changes in me that I carried on with me until I was an adult. Because yeah. I didn't know that I, I didn't know the roots of the those behaviors. Yeah. It's just who I am now. Yeah. So when I sat down in my year of stupid, then my year of learning, and as I'm learning, I'm realizing that my behaviors are not me. Mm-hmm. And because my behaviors are not me, where do, where did those behaviors begin? Yeah. So I run it back and I realize it began there. Who was I then? Yeah. Yeah. Then I realized who I w- was I then. Then I realized why I done that then. Yeah. And because I realized why I done that then, I understand why I'm doing it now. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's why going back to where we started from, it's so important to isolate your action, to isolate my action from me. Mm. Because it's only when I isolate my action from me, mm. then I'm able to fa- go to the root issue of mm. where did this action start? When was the first time that I was able to exercise this particular type of action? When was the first time that this action was visibly evident in my life? Mm. And it's only when I retrace it, then I'm able to see, okay, exactly what you say. Like, okay, this action started in this period but what is it that triggered it mm. what was i doing then that mm. triggered this and that started mm. that gave birth to this type of you know this type of toxic behavior mm. you know this type of flaw that i have mm. as a grown woman mm. then i was able to identify as like, oh that feeling of self-validation that feeling of the fact that oh you know when my one or two friends who weren't at home who went in school that day you know they were they were sick i had no one else that I could interact with because I had nothing to talk about. They were all partying. They were all clubbing. You know, had a relationship, talking how wild the weekend was. And I had nothing to talk about. So because of that, I isolated myself. Why? Because I didn't feel like I could mm. fit in, you know? And because I didn't feel like I would be accepted by them. So then I would, then, then I'm able to retrace it. So then I have to go. So then what I need to do, and that's when the year of learning changed from the year of learning to year of, the year of stupid to the year of learning, is that it taught me the importance of going back into an event and being able to reprogram the narrative of that event and also being able to deal with the root cause of why I was acting like that. Not necessarily what I was acting out, but why was I acting out like that? You can, only, sorry, you can only lie so far. Yeah. You can only lie so far. Yeah. And in the line, we know whether we're lying. Yeah. If you know what I mean. So it's not an enjoyable experience. Yeah. Just consistently lying. Yeah. If you know what I mean. And knowing that the lying can't reap any benefits because if they invited you somewhere, you still can't go to that place. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah. You're only lying so that they can let you sit at the table. Yeah. yeah. Eventually that gets draining and you just decide I'm just gonna sit in the bathroom. Because I've done the same thing. Yeah. At some stage in, in secondary school, I just said, I'm just, just gonna sit myself. That's where that isolation began for me that I carried on, where I became reclusive and I started to isolate myself because of the same thing. Yeah. In the sense where my environment is limiting my ability to connect with my peers. So be this is hurting me emotionally because yeah. I feel isolated and I feel weird. I feel like I'm not part of the community yeah. so because of the fact that i didn't perceive that i had it in my ability to uh overcome that i just accepted what it was and i pulled myself away completely yeah i then be- because i pulled myself away completely then that's n- that's now like 10 years of behavior yeah no, i hear you i hear you i think like going back on what you you just mentioned there i think one thing that if i was to look back then like now 
If I if even I work, if I have no one, I'll sit by myself and I eat gladly. Confidently. Yeah, confidently, with mm. no no issue whatsoever. Mm. I even love my own space. Now. Same, I don't like a lot of people same. in my space. Yeah. But the thing is, like, but that only when going back, I think first generation sometimes they they are they're afraid of change mm. and afraid of the beauty of basically being an individual but being an individual because of the diversity that's that the 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 beauty of diversity Mm. you see and the thing is this is like back then i thought as a six as a you know 17 16 15 from like 13 all the way to 16 year old that was with that that season of my life where i thought it was more good it was only good to be like everyone else Mm. you know and because and and i felt not validated by them because I wasn't like, like them. them. Yeah. But I feel like if in that age and that stage I understood that I was different and there's nothing wrong with being yeah. different, I can still shine and flourish in my difference. You know, I can still thrive, you know, thrive and in the diversity of my personality and of my experience, you know, and that still will make me, you know, that still that would be that's still okay. If I understood that, then I wouldn't have been craving their validation. Mm. I wouldn't have felt like I was in a deficit because I was not like them. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like whereas like as an older person, as you get older, what you understand is like, you know, you're different. We're mm. different. And the thing is like and there's nothing wrong with being by yourself. Mm. So I think one thing if I if I was a first generation and I was speaking, like trying to like, you know, kind of go back to that that version of me that 13 to 16 year old self like version of me and i was my own parent what i would do is i would not make change and new environment and different so scary it looks so scary. scary yeah i can understand like put myself in their shoes like they weren't they weren't exposed to it and they didn't really some first generation never really made the Either they weren't exposed to it or they were ignorant of a new this new environment. Mm. And they were so focused in some of them are so focused in the negative that they forget that there's also advantages. Mm. Or they make the negative so daunting that that's all they basically throw. You mm. know? It's a reaction out of fear, basically. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm. And yeah. it's like whereas like when it's a reaction out of fear, one thing about negative emotion is that if if I'm feeling a negative emotion and I don't deal with it, I can project it on you. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like without even knowing. Even all of a sudden, yeah, and positive emotion. It's all energy. And the mm. thing is like, and you can pick that up and then adopt it, and you don't even know where you adopted it from. from yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like important to check your surroundings and make sure you you in- control the influences your environment gives to you. Exactly, yeah. because all of what that does is that basically it it gives it, it creates a voice in your mind in your inner self which is the narrative thing you said at the beginning the narrative, again. exactly yeah. and that voice and that inner narrative basically you know it's like oh i'm going left because every single time i've been told like you know go left you go right something bad's gonna happen mm. well have you ever tried right no but mm. i'm gonna go left have mm. you so you basically like following it in the narrative and you've never explored the other side mm. why because you're afraid of what's at the other side mm. you know so it's like one of those ones i think definitely first generation is being um i think it really helps if like a solution to any first generation if if anyone is interesting would be definitely get in like educate yourself about the culture that you're you know, in that you're in mm. educate yourself about the culture that you're in try to understand what's happening in the culture in not, the true objective lens not yeah. like uh, in the sense of they view it like uh, 
Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, us against them. Like, yeah. You know, exactly. And but not, but don't look at it like that because mm. if you look at it like that, you come from it from a negative lens. Mm. Look at it from a very open mind, like mm. of what's happening. And and yes, I like don't get me wrong, I'm not saying like completely disregard the culture, completely mm. accept and embrace a new culture, but at least be informed and be enlightened enough that you're able to be discerning mm. of what is worth taking and what is worth leaving in both. Okay. This has been the Vulnerability Diaries. Thank you for listening. It's your host, Zayo Way, and I look forward to seeing you next time.